Uh, okay, listen now for the click track, everybody. Uh, and away we go. This is uh, track one. Take one, yeah. One, two, three, four. Hello, my name is Sonic Architect Adam Shanahan and we're back before the encore, season two. We're into the second episode now and I have well and truly got the finger out. So I'm going to say right up top because it's going to force me into a pattern of uh, regular programming that we're going to go back to the original scheduled programming from season one and that's the last Monday of every month you're going to have a new before the encore in your feed. Now, Welcome back to Before the Encore for previous listeners. If you are new to the show, this is the wing of No Encore where... I discuss with members of the music industry, music industry roles and people's roles within the music industry and what they do and their stories um, from the perspective of people who aren't kind of front facing, I guess, because to me, I think the information needs to be out there. I think we need to kind of normalize the conversations a bit more and... People need to know about these jobs. These are viable jobs, you know, viable roles in the music industry. Very, very important people um, from journalists to producers to mix engineers to session musicians. You know, these are the people that I wish I was able to hear from more in my early stages. I wish I had more information. And look, it was probably out there, but I'm glad to be doing it on a local level, um, particularly here in Ireland where we have so many, so many talented people. Um, you know, it's it's through season one I was absolutely fascinated by any of the chats I had with any of my guests and really glad to be bringing that into season two I've got some episodes already recorded I've got some that I have got on my bucket list that I really want to get off there so season two we're back to schedule programming like I said um, please forgive my my tardiness I guess um, with getting the second episode to you um, yeah just have a bit of a renewed bit of a renewed love for the the um, wing of the podcast and this kind of, this thing that I uh, wanted to do and kind of just stopped. And I, um, I, you know, I'm kind of regretting I did and didn't kind of hit the ground running with season two. So I've got stuff here. We're back in season two. It's great. It's all going to be fantastic. But that's enough about me. That's not what you're here to hear. On to the episode. This one feels very long overdue, particularly because myself and this episode's guest are such kind of frequent collaborators, I guess, close collaborators. And yeah, I'm, I am I was very happy that we got the time to just kind of sit and chat about everything because while we've been together and like been together, we've worked together for quite a while now. We're into the, we're, we're into the kind of ticking through the years at this point, but I we'd never really kind of sat down to discuss where we were both at and where we kind of both came from. And I've had the, look, I mean, you've heard my story a million times if you're a frequent listener of this podcast, but for a lot of the people coming into the podcast, it was very much the first time they were telling their story. And I very much believe that this was the case. But we have Alex O'Keefe, producer extraordinaire on this episode. Um, coming from Wexford has been based in Dublin for quite some time. Um, I don't know where to begin. I really don't. Um, the, everything he touches turns to gold. I think he's one of the most talented producers that we have we have in this country. I I really can't see anything but great things from the future. Multi instrumentalist, great vision for songs. Um, 
has a real keen eye for sound design. Um, uh, you know, I I first met him when he I, the first time we met actually he was playing um in Rush's band. So Rush's being a pop act from Cork isn't very active at the moment, but. I was at other voices in Ballina, and we we did uh, run into each other there, and it was kind of the first time I'd I'd ever really spoken to him, or I'd ever really kind of you know uh, seen him up close and personal. And he was playing guitar and MD in the show, and he kind of moved on to doing stuff with one of uh, my clients, Bobby Arlo, and then we ended up kind of doing production for Bobby Arlo, and it just became co-production after a while and the two of us working on a lot of stuff together then since which has been fantastic but um alex is he's absolutely amazing um i don't i I really don't know where to begin he i'm looking through his social media as i as i'm talking right now just and like looking at the caliber of the artist that he's been working with he's been working with he's worked with uh legend of the irish music scene lyra bobby arlo choice prize nominated song feel it we did co-production on that ourselves he's worked with alice kernan friend of the show emma adele um he's worked with jessica brett uh sistra maria petrosor he's doing stuff with park o'mara isaac butler um you know melina malone as well like that album just came out recently that he's done most of the production on that record and it's absolutely fantastic um he's just so prolific so talented and i'm i i like I said, I can see nothing but amazing things for him in the future. Um, but I won't look. I don't want to spoil too much ahead of, ahead of time. We get into it all. It's nice to have a bit of history going into it as well between myself and himself, and a bit of a rapport there already. But it it, it just felt so so natural to me. Just you know, when we got going talking about these things, so um, it was great that he you know gave up the time and uh, you know came in. So Alex, if you're listening, thank you so much. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to delay any further. Let's just get into the conversation. So this is Before the Encore with Alex O'Keefe. Alex O'Keefe, Hello. you're very familiar with this room. I am, yeah. <laughs> a lot of great memes in this room. A lot of great memes, and many more, many more I hope, come. to be made. For sure. Uh, it's great to have you in. This is like this is very long overdue, I think. Um, Thank you for having me. When I kind of started teeing up for season two, you were the first email I sent, and I just uh-huh. want, yeah, I definitely wanted you in early doors because it was like, in season one, I felt like it, I, I really wanted to kind of pick your brain, but I think it's worked out well because in the meantime, uh, a lot has happened um, since kind of season one has finished up and we're starting starting kind of recording again. Um, we've worked on an album together. 
Exciting. Yes. Very exciting. Melina Malone's Shout out. forthcoming. It's Melina season. Um, it is Melina season. <laughs> We're all just living in it. Um, so yeah, we've done that. We've done kind of some more writing together with, with Bobby, Bobby Arlo. Shout out Bobs. Shout out Bobby. And you've just been everywhere. <laughs> you've been everywhere. Wow. <laughs> um, Thank you. How's has been think... the last six months? How's it's it been? been it's been good. It's been it's been mad busy to be honest, but um really grateful for you know being so busy it's it's nice to be that way um and yeah thanks for having me on the podcast i've been an avid listener well that's good this whole time so we're gonna have to make <laughs> this episode very good is what you're gonna have for to sure. is what you're telling me no, but like, under as pressure I was, now <laughs> as i was saying earlier like before we clicked record like i think what you're doing here is so cool and like so important i appreciate it it's like you know yourself i'm sure this is a reason why you started it but having people industry talk about what it's like how they got here if that was a thing when <laughs> i was leaving yeah. school that would have been or in school that would excuse me that would have been so just sick and inspiring yeah everyone I, you've I, had on has been great it's 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 that's it that's the exact reason why i'm doing it because it's just to get more info info out there and to like just try and demystify everything because the music industry can be a dicey place at times and yeah um you know the more info out there the more equipped someone else might be I'm not saying that like I'm the oracle or I'm the one that's gonna you know change the world or anything get, like you're that you're getting oracles in here but you know like, I mean? that's and the thing I'm certainly not one of those people, but, people, listen, but that's imposter can't. syndrome kicking in right that's <laughs> imposter syndrome kicking in there like it, it, look let's pivot to that because you've been like you've you've done so much and it's it feels like you're only kind of really kicking into third gear with the with the production side of things now um previously being a session guitarist and previously kind of being in bands similar to myself without the kind of sessioning side I didn't have mm. that but yes, um sir. you know you kind of you were in BIM at a time where there was a lot of uh a lot of people around that are now quite prominent mm-hmm. um how like how is that how is that all kind of transpired and translated into where you are now how does it feel Mm. like it all kind of built up to this oh cool I feel like I feel like when when I was in school like the only thing I had kind of like tangible in my life that I was like somewhat like okay at and I found like really enjoyable was music so I didn't have I don't even know if this is a thing is the CAO still a thing is that a thing I would think it probably is it's probably a thing I could be so I wrong know, I thought there's like some portal or something that's like, <laughs> like <laughs> but basically like all I had on my CAO was BIM and uh, I just had it in my head that there's gonna be people like me that are like you know all they really enjoy is music and it's what they're good at so we're all gonna be put into the same place and I thought it was just like such an opportunity to develop and maybe look like if I'm lucky get a career out of it and so BIM hit the nail on the head for me like it was such a great place to experiment with like if you want to be a session guitarist you can go try do that if you want to be a vocalist you can go try do that be a songwriter they cater to a lot of things and through my time at BIM I was able to kind of see like insight into what producer could be or what a producer is how they work yeah and I went to BIM to study guitar and I thought that was what it was going to be like I just found it so like I don't know I was absorbed by it I wanted to be the best guitar player 
<laughs> that dream has since died. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when you get into it, <laughs> you see how amazing everyone is, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you realize pretty quick. But everyone in there is so sick and like so nice, and have helped. Um, like a lot of the people I work with now, I met through BIM. Great. So yeah, it's it's definitely like played a pretty major role into where I'm at now. Yeah, and I, thanks for saying I'm kicking into third gear. <laughs> yeah, no, because I really I don't think you're even I don't think you've even approached the peak yet because I've seen. That's so kind, thanks, man. I've no, I've seen what you're up to, and like I've been, it's been. I've had the very fortunate experience of sharing the room with you many times and like writing and producing together and just like bouncing stuff back and forth and like even mixing some of your productions and like it's just great to hear the diversity of it all and I think you're just really you're you're really comfortable with it now and it's starting to feel it like the more I hear the more it just feels like this is definitely your thing and it was your calling. Um, so it's nice to know that like you got that foundation <laughs> Thanks, early doors, you know, and like it, it, the fact that it was all rooted in that thing where you went to study guitar. Mm. Um, my thoughts on it are as someone who didn't study in BIM or didn't study um, music theory and that, like I make no secret mm. of that. Um. I th- it, what it seems to me the common thread is across the board is that like those kind of scenarios where like the biggest asset cast all like the mu- music musicianship excuse me aside for a moment but the biggest asset to everyone I know who has like been in those scenarios is the contacts that you make and the people you meet and mm. that sparks something completely different yeah for sure and it plays into the creative process mm. obviously a lot because it's like I don't know about you, but it feels like when I get into a room with someone that I just enjoy being around and I feel friendly with, it's like it makes the process that much easier. It makes it just that much more fluid and it kind of happens more. Absolutely. And like that's essentially what my time at BIM was. Like it was like, it's like, I'm sure you found it in similar ways. Like if you didn't go to like like a melting pot, like BIM for music, like you probably found that at like gigs and like, you know yeah things like that and like BIM is like kind of a it's just like an environment where that's like your everyday and it's like a lot of fun like yeah the immersion the immersion immersion factor is amazing yeah 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 Yeah. Um, and um yeah dead right every a lot of the people I met like my closest friends I met through BIM like from just working together and it's uh it definitely like I think it expedited the kind of process of like uh I kind of, I don't know what I'm trying to say, like maybe trying to find a path where you can like fit in in music. Like yeah. when you get friends who are doing their thing, but like with different instruments, like it helps you kind of be like, oh, let's get together and maybe we'll figure something out. Whether yeah. all of you go on to play for an artist or you start a band or whatever. Uh, all those people you meet play a huge role in, yeah, yeah. making your... Making your life easier. Yeah, it's like, and that for me, I, I think, yeah, it's like that. Uh, another common thing that I hear is, is that, and it's the people that kind of are around and the supports and um, just like taking inspiration from that. Like I definitely got that a little bit later, but. Mm. Um, and like, it, it's just such a, like, it shows you that like, like the importance of say a mentor, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and a mentor can be someone who you go and like learn from in college or a mentor can be someone who just comes into your life for like 
a week or a month and yeah. you learn like is it okay to curse on it? Absolutely. <laughs> and you could just learn a shit ton from, you know, like instead of like reading something in a book that could take you a month to learn, you could go to someone who's learned that thing and then they can explain it to you in like an hour. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I think seeing like it in front of your eyes as well. Yeah. I think having the like physical experience or something Absolutely. is like, it, there's a lot to be said for it as like creative beings. I think we are a little bit more tactile like that. Yeah. Um, and we like to kind of have something that we can like put our finger on, put our finger on or touch or like manipulate on a screen or something like that and be able to see and hear those things in tandem. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Who were your, um, I suppose, mentors of, of note and who were those people for you? Because, um, on the last season's podcast, I had Phil, Phil McGee. We've both worked with Phil McGee, the producer. Legend of the game. Legendary producer. <laughs> um, household name, I think, in Irish yeah. music. Um, he was definitely that for me. And he was, it was like my introduction to it. So um, I suppose in, I, I'd love to hear more about who was there for you and in what aspects, mm. like as in the, maybe on the production side, maybe on the session side, maybe on the songwriting side. Oh God, uh, like... Oh, where do I even... I guess, like, my first kind of mentor that really kind of, like, changed the way I look at how I want to, like, be as a musician was a jazz drummer in Wexford called Kevin Lawler. Okay. And Kevin Lawler drums, shout out, if he's <laughs> listening. But, but, like, I got it in my head, like, in, in my first, like, few months of BIM, there was, like, these incredible guitarists that were, like, like just ripping the coolest, like you know, lines and everything and they were playing for everybody and they had such a cool knowledge of what seemed to me like a really cool knowledge of like jazz harmony and like, you know, the intricacies of like theory and all these things. So I like, uh, I knew that Kevin was playing like, like over summer you'd see like he has posters up that he's playing in the local art centre or putting on a, a show somewhere. Yeah. So I just like took it upon myself to just hang out at one of his gigs and like I just waited <laughs> until the end. Gotta do it. You gotta <laughs> do it. So cringe. No I've shame in told, this world, you know. Never told Kevlar's drums this story, but like, Kevin, just, if you're listening, <laughs> this is the this is the this is all of it. We're laying it all out. But like, I just hung out at the end of the show, waited for him to be like leaving, and I was like, oh, do you want like a hand with your drums or something? Do you know what I mean? Just like build up. that personal rapport yeah 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 it's not so important though like and it was sick like that's exactly what happened he completely like was so cool and he was like after spending an hour of just watching him play like incredibly complex music I was like I would so love to learn how to be involved in that or like Mm -hmm. learn what's going on so like we kept in touch and then yeah, he threw me a gig and he just gave me some sheet music and I'd never really read music, <laughs> like okay. known much about jazz. It's a baptism we had fire. A, yeah, yeah, for sure. It was a roast, but <laughs> I think absolute roast, man. And every gig since with Kev has been a roast, but in the best way. Like you leave being like, okay, I need to work on this or like this thing got me. Let me make that not get me again. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. like, yeah, teaching you harmony and like different concepts he has, like, he kind of explained the the whole thing of like rhythm and like you know like he was getting into how like like the structure of like you know the metronome and stuff mm-hmm. can sometimes feel like I forget who said this I think I heard it on a podcast recently but the person was basically saying like playing to a click is kind of like driving when there's like a guard behind you <laughs> you're driving but you're like stressing that you're gonna like mess up and that kind of 
it adds an extra layer of pressure kind of thing. That kind of tension and pressure can make for some kind of mistakes or whatever. So Kevin was just so cool. Like he's so like the way he thinks about rhythm, it's so fluid. And it was really, really cool to be in that zone with him and learn jazz from him. And a lot of my like theory knowledge, I definitely credit to Kevlar drums. And also some amazing lectures of BIM. Um, From the like guitar side of things, there was some amazing guitar lectures there like Jimmy Smith he's a he's a sick man <laughs> he's really really good like really really cool like lecture as well because um like he'd give you such like really cool interesting concepts to learn and like he's the type of lecturer that would relate like life into like the, the teachings yeah which is I think very important yeah like he totally got the whole like I'm going to show you what's in this book, but I'm going to play for you and like explain how this works in the context of whatever yeah. song it may be. I'm going to give like, you a real life explanation as yeah, to what's happening. Or here's here. it used in, you know, yeah. whatever. Jimmy was amazing. Um, and then on the production, like mentors, like since I was in a band, I was able to kind of, I was always peeking behind like the shoulder of whatever yeah. producer was there. Like, Sounds a bit familiar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've heard your come up story. It's very similar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've shared that about fucking 400 times. So uh, t- for the listeners, I'm not going to, we won't get into it you too much. That again. We might sure. get into it at some point, but maybe, yeah, I'm going to leave it to, to you to <laughs> tell me about yours in the meantime. <laughs> There's like some incredible producers uh, in Ireland, as you know, and if you ever get an opportunity to work with them, like, I feel like every producer I've ever worked with has been so, like, cool with their knowledge and, like, sharing things. And, like, they're not, like, keeping secrets. Yeah, there's, I, I find there's very little gatekeeping. Hmm. Um, and that, to me, is a sign of, like, a really thriving community. And that, like, <coughs> I, I love that. Because Same. I think that, like, there's a lot, of, I think there's, Maybe the Irish is the Irish isms in us sometimes begrudge success, but I want to see people succeed. I don't see it as a competition. Like I'm when I see like so like a write up about a production that you've done. Um, I know what you mean. You know, yeah, same. It's, it's like, great. It's great to see it, and I love being able to read about that. Or Adam Redman is coming out with some fucking cool stuff. I love seeing that. Or Siv is a game. new thing yeah. out. Yeah. Or you know, um, like Phil has a, a song out, or Phil's done an album, or Darren Olin has done something amazing. Another and, absolute legend of the game yeah. and absolute mentor. Like Darren took, or Darren took a day of his time to just show me like mics and how it works, and like how different mics and where you place them can completely change like it felt like that scene in you know Harry Potter where they get like the wand or Harry's like going in and he's like picking out the wands and your man's like giving them different wands yeah. uh, smashing <laughs> shit all over the place yeah. I was a bit of that like and he pulled out uh, like he was going through all his amazing like, vintage microphones and he pulled out one that like sounded cool on my voice I was like I've never heard me sound like that and he's like that's just how you know a vocalist will come in and they'll feel that same way like if you get a good mic and yeah, like, Dara definitely was, yeah, really good with that stuff, especially. And like all, everyone you mentioned, everyone's so anti-gatekeeping, it's great to see. It is, it's lovely. and Like, like it, actively, like, anti-gatekeeping. What's, re- what's really interesting is, as well, um, just in terms of, like, what I'm doing here, when I feel like anyone I ask a question, 
of they're gonna they're, they give me the answer that like I I was hoping for, but they also like add another. Like yeah, 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 another mountain of knowledge on top of that, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like that's that's incredible to me. Yeah, like, and it's ooh, like this doesn't stop here. It no, one hundred percent. And it's just like, oh well, this is the physical thing that I'm doing, but here's the process behind it, and here's why I think yeah. that you know, and it's that's amazing. That's amazing to me, and like, I think it's 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 what helps us to grow, and it's what puts people like me and people like you in a position of. Uh, maybe this is a plausible thing that I can yeah. I, I can do this you know myself and not feel like I have to rely on someone else and I can make yeah. you know maybe I can figure like I might like to tweak things a little bit differently and you know yeah. all of that kind of stuff and um, yeah it's, it's it's a great it's it's just a great thing to experience so to hear that like that was something that you got as well that's obviously mm. it's amazing and it makes and it makes it perfect sense doesn't stop there Adam let me get one more mentor for you no don't even think about it I know <laughs> he's looking at turn, he's looking at me let me turn with... the lights off in the room or down in the room real quick let's have a moment like so <laughs> over lockdown like I kind of I think just before lockdown I started working with Bobby mm-hmm. Bobby Arlo yeah legend of the game and I, I, <laughs> take a shot every time I, I <laughs> legend of the game yeah <laughs> Yeah, this is before the encore <laughs> drinking game. We'll post that later on the on, on the no encore uh, no encore Instagram. But yeah, like I was pottering around at production. Like I I really really was like super super into it. But I I'd never really like had the kind of opportunity to delve into it in a kind of sense where like I'm being a producer. You for are the an producer. Artist. Yeah, Do that's you know like mean? that's you your role specifically. Yeah, yeah. and so I'm. I'm like my like <laughs> my sense of like time and date since lockdown has been way off. But like I'm pretty sure like Bobby was one of if if not the first one of the first like few artists where I was like I'm a producer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like you and Bobby were so like accommodating to like kind of a newbie in that space and like really helped kind of yeah. It's like what we're talking about the anti gatekeeping. You're just like oh like we're gonna you know like make this kind of song and here's how I'd go about doing that. And like, yeah, like you're saying, I might do things different. And it was so cool to see like your approach to that. And yeah, it's like what I was saying, like a mentor can be like a close friend. It can be whoever, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. And I feel yeah. like I have that with like even Cormac, Cormac Absolutely. Butler, who um, I shared the studio with and who you've met numerous times and who's actually, you've worked with as well. Um, trying so hard not to say legend of the game but it's a fact <laughs> we're all going to be hammered <laughs> half an hour into this podcast um, yeah no in, uh, another uh, another outstanding talent um, of production and yeah, it's, crazy. It, it's just like it, it really is and like that's such a, a really nice thing to hear um, because it certainly didn't feel like you were a newbie coming into that world it, like you from the sound of everything it felt very well established it felt like you could clearly tell you've been doing it for a while you could clearly tell that you were proficient at it I knew that you had the ear everything was there all the tools were you kind (laughs) of like fed me the information I needed to like spit back out a structure or something similar to that or like something that we could kind of move into like a full three minute piece yeah likewise yeah so so it's it's that kind of like uh it's that cool, like, kind of concept of, like, you know, like, things could happen. I'm relating stuff to, like, my thing with Kevin when he was, like, things would happen, like, live when you're improvising and stuff. Things would happen and you've, it's on you to, like, react to that. And if you yeah. don't catch it, you don't catch it. But, like, you know, it's cool to have those moments of, like, interplay and stuff. And I think that helped 
like, I think it's kind of what you're saying. Like in a room, someone might throw you like a sample or like a fucking I don't know, like a like a lyric or something. And yeah. how you react to that is completely your experience and like how you how you react to that is based on you know your experiences up to that point and everyone's going to be different and it creates just a really cool like interplay in the room like, yeah just with production as opposed to getting roasted by kevlar drums <laughs> <laughs> on <Instagram. laughs> no i i fully get what you mean it's like it's like a game of tennis like, oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah it just feels like it's that like For sure. you, you know you you're receiving something over the net and it's like how you deliver it back and it's just like yeah. that really um that really interesting interpersonal experience and like it depends on who's in the room and like it, it, everything it's no day is ever the same like obviously as you get to know more people you can kind of get to know what makes them tick and what they like and what kind of gets the what gets the yeah, yeah. what gets the engine running a little bit but um it, it is one of the perks of the job, I think, is to be able mm. to experience that on a daily basis and to be able and for crazy, someone, like, for someone to come to you. Crazy how lucky we are that like yeah. you get to have these experiences and do this like day in, day out. It's crazy. Yeah, for someone to trust you, that's what they're coming to you for. For Madness. someone to like trust literally your gut instinct. It's I, so weird. I like. think that's what it boils down to. Like <laughs> yeah, per, yeah. as a per, like personally, I've tried to like put my finger on it for such a long time, but I do think that's exactly what it is. It's like mm-hmm. the, it's like the Rick Rubin sixty minutes interview. Have you, have you seen that? Where yeah. it's like your man's like, "Do you play in your sims? No, or, <laughs> or was it was it barely? He's like, yeah. Do you know how to work a mix board? No. no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he's like, "It's they're trusting his taste kind of and, taste yeah. in order to make something that they." Yeah. they enjoy themselves or like it's being the vessel and it's like letting stuff kind of happen through you and um, I've heard you say that a bunch of the podcast like it's so it's it's so true like it, it, <laughs> being the vessel that's it I think you just kind of like sometimes I'm like a stenoline yeah so I mean, like, <laughs> like <laughs> just fucking back and forth to the Isle of Man <laughs> the whole time and um, it feels to me like it, it like that's kind of where I'm at now with it mm-hmm. before like there was a, a level of I uh, wanting to perform constantly and I think that was like just a bit of naivety in 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 the early it, it, like in kind of like my earlier quote-unquote career um as a producer it's like you you're trying to rise constantly to like make this thing like in incredibly amazing and like put your stamp on it but sometimes you don't need to do that sometimes, oh, yeah, sometimes sure. it's a case yeah. of sitting back and just letting it happen sometimes it needs to just be what it is yeah and yeah. maybe you might hear something chances are like if I don't hear anything if I'm like this is really good and like I'm not hearing anything else it's probably just great by itself yeah and that's where I put my hands up and I just step out of the way like, sick let it you through know? yeah <laughs> if, exactly if I can't add value that's kind of where I'm at with it mm-hmm. but um, I want to I want to rewind but it's interesting like before, you, before we hit rewind like what yeah. you just said like if it's sick and you're not touching it like sometimes the artist kind of just wants to like I found they're not sure on if it's like kind of cool or not like yeah and you know having the kind of assurance to know if something is good or not for you you kind of telling them, no, what you're not sure is actually pretty sick. Like, keep it, keep it in. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's the sounding board thing as well. Is, yeah. is great, and it's again like literally people are like trusting yeah. their taste, 
Exactly. And it's, that's the main kind of, the main draw. said that you were kind of like producing stuff for a while and I'd read in my research that like you know God. it's something you'd been doing throughout your time and then who did I pay <laughs> listen man this information <laughs> let me tell you a little secret this information is readily available online oh um, <laughs> but yeah I I, I, I kind of read that this, it's something you've been dabbling in for like a long time and mm. um, previous to kind of taking the plunge and like starting to approach people um, yeah. Or like having people approach you and being like, "Would you produce this or whatever?" Um, oh man, like, take me through it. Take me. I want to know. I want to know where. Like, was what was like the first like, thing, and like, how did it all kind of kick off? It's just hearing uh, like you having different producers on, and like how what like doll they started on. Yeah, like it's not like I grew up in like the six, like the seventies or eighties or nineties, but like for some reason, I got an eight track, like an actual like. This is cool. I like where this is going. I like where it's like going. I could have just got like fucking FL Studio or like <laughs> Logic or something. But for some reason, I just thought like that's what it, if you want to be a producer, hey, you got to have one of these. So I got this like Tascam, like actual A-track. It had a fucking like CD. Like no one was using CDs when I had this. Like <laughs> it was probably like 15 or 14. <laughs> it was like mid analog era. And it was so, it was such a weird time. Because like everything I was making, like obviously when you start everything you make is shit but I was like yes I, like I, think, making... I, I think ob- objectively <laughs> yeah maybe I was like, yes why is my why is what I'm making sounding more shit than what I thought it would sound like, you know what I, mean? <laughs> like I went in with like low expectations but I was like yeah the A-track was very humbling like you kind of you know you like <laughs> like actually like manually do edits and like manually do everything and like in this tiny little Looking like smaller than your phone screen, hmm. like a calculator screen. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love it. But th- 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 all of this to me is screaming that it probably benefited you in the long run, right? Because I, maybe, you're, I suppose. I haven't thought about it like that. You're, really. But you're a logic user, I know that. Um, and no judgment. <laughs> Ab- Ableton, such heads, judgment. Ableton heads, there you go. You know, leave them off, folks. Um, <laughs> 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 no it's like uh, it, I think probably it did because like we should start a podcast but, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I'm doing here <laughs> uh, but like if I mean to me it, it just going back to my point it feels like that probably benefited you in the long run right because like having to really fucking grind hard on like this oh, physical device that probably made your life miserable like was oh with, my god like there's such levels to it like of how hard it may actually made my life like just because it was such a labor of love like trying to do fucking anything on this thing like uh <laughs> it was crazy like actually thinking about how i did it because this sounds incredibly stupid now that i know what i know but i used to like burn the cd and then I used to put the cd audio onto my laptop so I was like, why didn't I just get an interface from the laptop? Which but you would think you would, would be the thing to yes, do. Yes, but like but at the time, s- did you know about it? I didn't know about that. Then there you go. 
like it, the, the pathway was sound. This is like, but you oh, know God. that like this is what you have to do. Is like it get was, it to here, get it to there. It just was. Um, it was one of those things after a while where I was getting like so thick with it that I had to do it a certain way. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like after like a year of doing that, I got FL Studio and I was like, thank God. I did not know making drums was this easy. Yeah. I did not know <laughs> doing it. Like everything was just so easy, man, compared to that thing. I think it's still in my house somewhere. I should dig it out, but... That's something you need Jesus to like just put as like uh, when you like eventually get your studio space. Oh, it'll be up there. You need to like have it beside you as a reminder. Yeah, you know, it has to be there. Like the band I was in when I was a kid, like we used to come up and just try be like recording the demo and I'd be just like there stressing with my headphones on into this eight track, just like, oh, <laughs> nothing's working. There's a lot of parallels between me and you, let me tell you. Like we had a, we had a Focusrite Sapphire Pro, my band, and oh, it was yeah. in the guitarist Chris's house. And we used to record into it like one by one. I'd always have to do like the drums in Ableton because we, mm. co- uh, we couldn't record the drums. Mm. I didn't have, like we were what? 18, 17 I had like No microphones I had two microphones I think one, And one of them was for rehearsals I'm pretty sure I found it <laughs> yeah. Like Do you know what I mean I, I, can't, I can't remember Like what the story was But we'd all and, and then we got Like the interface And it's like Oh my god This is amazing Oh man And and then it like That kind of like Changed everything But like listening back I had listened back to Those demos A while ago I found an old laptop That they just All happened oh, to be amazing. on Some of the stuff was great Like yeah. Like it, it, not necessary. It didn't sound amazing, but it's just like I remember. I remember the process, and I like remember even like yeah. finding like little. You see all those versions. Even now, it's like going yeah. through each version of something Absolutely. until it gets to the final one. There's like a lot of joy yeah. in that. There's I think such like a feeling of like overwhelming nostalgia. Like when you hear something you did when you were you know a kid or whatever. Jesus, yeah. Like I, I think I've thought about it. Like how I try emulate that with like I use my phone a lot I'm not like unique in doing that by any means but like I think the sound of just like crappy audio is just so like uh, puts you in a place I think yeah do you know what I mean like yeah it has a sound to it that um, you know you could spend money on plugins and getting you know that kind of lossless like audio kind of sound or you could just record it with the shittest thing you have available <laughs> and then there it is but also but like, at the fact. same time like look we're every phone on has a condenser microphone on it now you know what I mean like <laughs> it's it, and it, it is great yeah like you're recording with your iPhone now expecting it to sound shit and you're like oh it actually that sounds, sounds fucking amazing sounds pretty good now yeah. like I'm gonna ha- actually have to use that plugin I spent money on uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like yeah for sure like um I think once I got FL Studio, it was just crazy to me how it was just so <laughs> easy. Made everything a lot more straightforward. And yeah, not that I was like, making anything that was good. Like, it still sounded awful. No, but like, but, I, I was the same. I was like, I, I started off and... Just there's synths on there and I was like, oh my God. Or just like the delay effects and like the reverbs and stuff on there was just <laughs> so much better. But again, it's, an edu- it's total education, right? Yeah. Because like, I was the same. Um, like I, I, I started off and like, I don't, I don't even remember what I started off and I think it was like, Mixcraft or something like that. I can't even remember who makes it. Um, 
But again, it was it just... It just has an ancient sound to it as well, like mixed craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like RuneScape or something. But then like. after that, I moved to... Like, <laughs> Sony had a, a dog called Asset Pro. I don't know if you... you, you I've heard you talk about Asset Pro, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. Like, again, had, let me tell you, it had the most fucking complicated interface I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> right, but then I moved to FL Studio. And again, it was FL Studio. I was like, okay... Mm. I now understand what a step sequencer does. I now understand how, like, yeah. the difference between... Like, like FL a pl- Studio greets you, like, with just the fucking step sequencer. It's like, you better learn this. This is what I do. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, oh. but again, it's like you see people now, look, there's fucking number one hits been made on FL Absolutely, Studio. Absolutely, yeah. And that's, like... FL Studio's class. There's like. a reason why, you know? Um, then after that, it was to Ableton. You just kind of get to figure out what works for you over time. Yeah. Um, for sure. So your journey throughout that, so you were making, were you like making demos yourself of yeah. like your own stuff the whole way through? Pretty and was much. it like all similar to what you're making now or was it all kind of like, what What was the vibe? I was like, um, I was heavy into like blues guitar and okay. like heavy blues and like rock and stuff like that. Yeah, Steve Vai kind of vibes. Not even Steve Vai, weirdly enough. It was like Stevie Ray Vaughan and like uh, like Slash. I wanted to be Slash so bad, but I could never be Slash. And so, <laughs> like... Your hair doesn't curl like that. No, it just... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I was always like just heavy into my like equipment and stuff. And I was always like from a young, <laughs> young age, maybe too young for this, but I'd like get my dad to like drive me out to some industrial dodgy park somewhere in like Dublin say to like meet some guy to like swap my guitar for his amp <laughs> and he just drive me back to Wexford Love that. and like yeah he was pretty cool about it. my whole family was really cool with that like but I was always just trading equipment and stuff on adverts which I haven't really been doing adverts.e by yeah. the way anyone who does <laughs> like if there's anyone who's like starting out right oh, all, anything you want you can get it on adverts.e just search it I it's fully, incredible like, I love it you know that documentary of the kid who traded a paperclip up to like, <laughs> yeah, like I a, basically did a something. plane or something <laughs> yeah. like that yeah I basically did that for just a whole bunch of gear for a few years and eventually got it up to like this really nice Marshall TSL head that was way too much for like even now I'd never think to get that it was just like you'd get that to play a stadium basically and I was like <laughs> sick I'm gonna put this in the garage and I'll be slash but uh <laughs> so I was just like messing with gear and then then I was like I really want to record this stuff how do I record it and then I guess it was because I was into such like old school like guitar heads that I just saw that maybe they they used like an A-track I think oh do you know who it was actually it was the Black Keys I was heavy into like the Black Keys um, and I was reading about their come up and how they recorded their demos to an 8-track. I was like, sick, I'll just get an 8-track. <laughs> so that was the... Yeah. <laughs> that was that was ground zero. Yeah, and that's what I uh, I thought I had to do. But the Black Keys didn't have, you know, when they were kids, didn't have FL Studio. Like, I just could have cracked, allegedly. Um, <laughs> it would have made my life so much easier. Yeah. But, yeah, it was definitely just sparked an interest in like just recording and once I made the jump to getting that piece of gear I just was so addicted by it I was like oh this is sick but like unknown to myself how actually roped into it I was yeah until like it's, it's a funny one isn't it yeah it kind like, of crept it, up on me like it, yeah bit. like if I was to re- like again only because of this podcast I would have had to like really string everything together mm. and like do a timeline for myself but like I was technically technically Producing stuff since I was like 13. Yeah. And that to me is insane. It's so cool like even talking about this stuff because like I don't like 
when do you ever talk about this stuff? Like, you see, you don't. And, and like, uh, that, yeah, again. I pieced it together in my head, like the timeline, even remembering the Blackies thing. I was like, fuck, I don't even. That's what it was, though. Yeah. And then from there, so like, you were obviously like doing your um, guitar parts and all that kind of stuff. When did it progress to like um, the multi instrumentation side of things? Because you play, you play keys. I know you like do synth stuff. You're great at sound design. Um, Thank you, man. Like, I, I just want to know where where it kind of started to like branch off into the different tributaries of of the other instruments uh, think, from guitar. Um, it was very kind of you to say. I think, uh, I think, uh, I think my parents sent me to uh, like piano teacher when I was like, like pretty young, but I never really went for that. Like, yeah, they were always mad keen to, I think they were, I don't know. But they were, seemed to be <laughs> mad keen for me to play some kind of instrument yeah um my dad was a guitar player he still is and uh i just gravitated towards that yeah and then that was kind of me and then from being in bim i guess like having to do things for artists and like you know like having to like say program a set or something there's kind of a thing where like it'd just be handy to know what i'm doing on the keys like when I was a kid, I went to like two piano lessons, didn't have a notion what to do. Like I could play C major. <laughs> That's it. And then, yeah, I just kind of taught myself. I, I remember sitting down like heavy over lockdown and trying to just translate guitar things to a keyboard. Mm-hmm. Like not even scales. Like I've just learned keys. Like I'm a producer's keyboard player. Where I can play in like one key and then I transpose it. <laughs> but like I've learned the kind of... That's all you need though. Like, yeah, you, like absolutely. I'm saying it's class like. Yeah. But... <laughs> I find I find and One I've, key is I, all you need. I've definitely said this before. I think like maybe the fact that it's not it, you haven't had theory drilled down your throat. I'm not disparaging anyone who is like a heavy theorist or I'm like who's like big like into that. music theory. Yeah. But I think I think there's something to be said for not knowing. Absolutely. And I think yeah. it kind of like widens the brackets a little bit. I'm totally on your team here. You I think, think yeah. I think like theory too much uh, it's like you never want theory to dictate what you say or do or play mm. and that's kind of interesting because you have a foot in both camps because I know you spent a lot of time obviously with the, the jazz Kevlar drums yeah Kevlar drums and the jazz oh, for the sure world. man like oh like completely changed how I thought about music yeah. because he's really good at theory and he will just throw it out the window like do you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's like I think uh, with theory, it can be a thing where, I think Miles Davis had a really famous quote, but I think you like it, where he's he's basically saying, I'll play what I play and I'll tell you what it is after I've played it kind of thing. Kind of like that, yeah. So it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to be, you don't want to be throwing some chords and then be like, oh, I'm in this key, so these chord, these notes are available, so I'll play these notes yeah. in this order and it'll be great. No, because then you get rid of all your feel and you get rid of, you get rid of just literally like your feel for your instrument and it kind of what's it it's like I'm trying to like think of what it's like um it's like when you're learning a new language Mm -hmm. and you learn like French and you know you put a noun in front of another word and then you have a sentence so someone throws like some French at you and you just reply with this sentence as opposed to just having French available to you and you're just picking something that flows naturally I guess probably the shittest metaphor for no, that ever. I, I know what but, you're I know what you're going for. Yeah, just don't let I think when theory dictates what you're playing and saying it's kind of 
it just sounds like computer music or something. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I'm like, like I said, I kind of feel like maybe that's an asset. Um, Absolutely, from like some your, your from ear someone, is way more important than knowing what it is. Yeah, like, and how does mean? like it, it's all about how something makes you feel. Like it, it, you yeah. say, you lose your feel, and feel is so important because like it. Just, I don't know. I don't think you can like teach it. I think it's just something like that. You have to tr- like. Oh, okay. That there's something I like about this, and yeah. it might not technically be right, but like it definitely I, like I don't want to change that because like that's gonna yeah then affect there's like oh, a domino man, like, effect. The, you know? Here's a really good example of some theory things getting in the way of like say you're just playing some cool chords and then someone's singing on it or like playing or like soloing over what you're playing or something. And they play a note and they like focus on the note and they're like, oh, that's not in the scale, it's not in the scale. Mm. It's like, well, it can be like if you approach it the right way or get out of it the right way. Do you know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. no like, this is right, this is wrong. And I don't think that should be a thing in music. I, that's beautiful. Like, it, it, it's something I've said before. I, uh, and, I'm coming uh, out with such hard hitting facts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. Like it, 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 To me, it, it, I do feel like there is no right and wrong in music. And... and I don't think that's really debatable because there's, sure, like, yeah. there's like stuff that I, the stuff that I love and I love the sound of and I'm like real into like stuff that like is like feel good and it makes me move and I want to like kind of yeah. dance or like something that's real powerful and like really kind of like is like a crescendo and feels fucking huge mm-hmm. and it makes you feel like you're 10 feet tall. But then there's people who listen to like, excuse me, there's people who listen to Speed Garage that get that exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. That I just don't get. Exactly. Just because I don't get it doesn't mean it's wrong. Exactly. Just because I don't like the sound of it doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah. Like there's, um, like there is an infinite amount of possibilities in the world that we're in. And that's like one of the beauties of what we do. Um, do. Like theory does come in handy though if you're in a situation where like, I, oh, it'd be interesting to hear that as a, like a non-theory head, like, yeah. do you get like super frustrated by like, I can hear something in my head, but I can't like get it out on my hands. Yeah, I think I'm like getting better. For like, sure. I'm, I, it's like exposure therapy, I think. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that like I have, like I've, so I've got kind of two workstations. I've got the studio that we're in now, which is great. Um, There's like a million and one different toys and stuff I can play with here. Like there's synths on the wall behind your head. Yeah. Um, we've got MIDI keys, we've got guitars, we've got bass, we've got plenty of stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, it's very tactile and if I want to try and feel out an idea, I can. Right. But then also at home, where I spend kind of, like it's 50-50, I, yeah. you know, it's a shared space so I can't be in here all the time. But also nece- I don't necessarily need to be here all the time. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I can be at home and I've got my um, Akai MPC Mini or MPK Mini, the small fella, the small little small guy, and yeah. it's it's only got a handful of keys on it. It's only got like I think twenty four keys or something on it. Um, that's great because I can try and f- I've been able to try and figure it out, mm-hmm. and I'm pushing myself more and more to try and get it out by physically playing it. That's great, yeah. And like it's just it it, it still is frustrating to a degree. Oh, yeah, it'll never not be frustrating. Like I'm not saying like. I'm just saying, like, theory can help, like, expedite that. Tra- like, yeah, it, it like, deciphers yeah. the, the code a little bit. Yeah, because, yeah. like, I remember literally, man, just learning the major scale. And, like, it sounds so gasp, but, like, I remember being in college. And, like, you know the major scale, right? Yes. It's 
you know, super, super basic. But then, like, like, there's so many, like, levels to that, like, scale. Like, truly in-depth understanding your major scale. Mm -hmm. Like, it it blew my mind (laughs) how little I actually knew about it. Yeah, and what, like, what what was that discovery? What was the moment where you're like, holy shit, this is... So it's just this is blowing the theory wide like, open for me, or this is blowing the kind now, of what like, I know, you know. It just really, really like helped in terms of so if you know your major scale, put numbers on every single one of those notes. So C, A, B, C, D, or whatever your C major scale is, right? Mm-hmm. C D E F G A B had to get that off because yeah. I fucked it up the first time, <laughs> let's be honest. But <laughs> put a number one on C, two on D, three on E, whatever. And then each of those numbers correlates to either a major chord or a minor chord. And then from whatever key you're in, just apply the numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, back to one or eight. Mm -hmm. And that will give you just, it just unlocks like all the chords available to you in any key there is. And I I remember learning that in like, I think probably my first like few weeks at BIM. And I was like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling me that like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I never have to not know what chord is coming next ever. Like, And then you can train your ear to like hear the movements. So like, yeah. you know, like 2-5-1 is a pretty common one in jazz or like 4-5-6 in pop music is mm-hmm. pretty common. 4-1-6-5, whatever. And then you're just like, oh, let me hit you with just the numbers. Do you know what I mean? And you're just on the keys playing them once you get comfortable with one scale. It's like, it blew my mind. And then you can get even deeper into like modes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which to me I didn't really get for a while but it's pretty easy if you come at it from like a major scale point of view and also like, having the background of like playing an instrument where you kind of knew what you were at as in terms of like if you're approaching keys from a guitar playing background or if you're approaching yeah. something you, I find like keys like I feel like the um, I think this is why I kind of went off keys when I was when I was sent there like as a kid like it was just super theory and it was like uh, <clears throat> how to like play a chord properly like with your fingers and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And like if you see me play keys, it's like I'll have my left hand over my right just to hit like an upper note when I could probably just hit it with my pinky, but I just won't. And like that was kind of like smacked out of you like in piano lessons. And like from talking to my like keyboard friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keyboard friends. Shout but they say the same like, yeah, <laughs> shout out Jakey's big shout out. We're playing golf tomorrow. Can't nice. We? But um, like they say, like it's super theory based and that, you know, like they're all like phenomenal theory heads. But I think what threw me going to piano lessons is just how technical that it was. Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't let me just like, oh, here, I just hear this chord. Let me just go figure out how to play it and do that. They're like, no, you need to learn your major scales, your minor scales harmonic minor scales or natural minor scales all these things but all those scales are so easy when you learn the major scale and what is the change between a major scale and a minor scale like just a flat third so you find number three you flatten it that's it <laughs> it sounds so silly but like no but like what you're major saying major scale is crazy what you're saying to me is someone who like if, for me as someone who is like not approaching it with a theory background I get what you're talking about mm. you know what I mean and that's only true pure brute force like yeah, literally yeah. like mashing keys until I can figure it out and then like a little bit of research and then mashing mm-hmm. it and then a little bit of research I want to focus on something um a little bit because I'd just be interested to know um like 
when you were saying, you know, it wasn't really for you because like you were, you know, you felt like, I think the way you're talking about though, like the piano lessons and stuff is interesting to me because it felt like it was like, did you feel felt like it was something you had to do and it was like learning that was put in front of you that you yeah. needed to do. You're probably similar to me. You were like, I like to figure it out for myself. By yourself. Kind of That's thing. what I was going to say. Is yeah. it like, do you like to, and I'm not just talking about music here. Is it like a thing where, do you like to go and find knowledge yourself? Do you like go and like find, absolutely find those things and like make those discoveries yourself? Like I found that in school, like it's, I was grand in school, but like, hey, school. like yeah. for me, because like I just, I can do what's in front of me. Don't get me wrong. I can yeah. do that. Like if you present me the information, I'm happy to learn it. Yeah. But I find I learn way more. And absolutely, it's quite oh literally. It's quite God. literally. It's quite literally how I got to where I am now. Yes, is by like same. shadowing, watching, experiencing, immersing myself in stuff. Like class in school is if they like explained, uh, like learning kind of like like how to learn something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It would be like ideal. Teacher, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, because your teacher just be like giving you the information at the top of the class and it's kind of expected that that goes in and yeah. you retain that information. But like, yeah, yeah, I, I could never really get that. <laughs> and like, I I just never, like, I don't know. I just find that like the the things that have been more important to me and this isn't like, again, I, I can't, I can't say enough that I'm not disparaging anyone who like, it, it doesn't fall into this bracket, but for sure. The yeah. more things that like I've experienced in life that I find more joy in are those things that I've taught myself or picked up myself or figured out for myself. Yeah. And maybe that's like the most basic B thing to say ever. No, no, it's no. Like, it's oh, like, you know, I found, I found more joy in the stuff that I've like figured out. It's I really like the but approach like, of everything you have or learned, <coughs> you've worked really hard for. And like once you know that yourself, like yeah. it makes it very hard for you to feel kind of shit about it yeah. because you're like, I've put in <laughs> the hours to do this thing yeah. and by right, I'm here to do it. Like, do you know what I mean? And is that where you're at with production now on your kind of whole role in the music industry? That was a great pivot from you. I wasn't expecting it to go there. Listen, game tennis, man. <laughs> Got to give you the backhand spin, wow, wow, wow. the backhand spinner, you know what I mean? Um, well, like... I'm clearly very knowledgeable in tennis, <laughs> as I'm sure you can you gather from my... Oh, sham, I thought. <sighs> Sorry. Thought play. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you tried to get me to do... Uh, listeners of the podcast, this man reignited a passion in me that I did not know I had for the driving range. So the I, G-O-L-F, Yeah. It, listen, I had a good time. And I'm shit at golf, but it's just having a hobby outside of things that take up all of your brain space is so important, whether it be... Yeah golf or tennis or fucking going for a run yeah. or like playing Halo <laughs> and we I've will tried. <laughs> we will focus on that but I do want to go back to the question that I, um, I said is like it, you know because like it it sounds like it feels to me that that's where that's where you're coming from you've like done all of this stuff yourself everything you've you know achieved to this point is because you've been like pulling on that thread of something that you really like and something that you love and you've worked hard at it. That's like, it's not up for debate. I think uh, like you, you, you got, you got to the point. It's so hard to take a compliment. It's like I'm so, so Irish. <laughs> I can see you visibly <laughs> tensing up across the room. Um, but you know, is it's that, very how, kind of you to say though, are you, are you seeing that yourself? Is that something you can kind of stand behind yourself now and say, you know what, I fucking, I do deserve <laughs> to be here. 
I think, uh, yeah, like, you can probably relate to, like, certain milestones. Milestones are very important, I think, yeah. Yeah. But, like, you're not, like, I wasn't, like, I'm still not really setting, like, milestones or any particular, like, overarching goals, like, for things. But, like, there's things you do and then, like, maybe, like, the week after it happens, you're like, oh, fuck. That was pretty cool, right? I did that, right? That's crazy. That's crazy that I was able to do that. Because you have these loose, for me, it's not, like, necessarily, like, writing it down on a page or, like, being like, I have to do this by this or I'm a complete failure. It's, like, just, like, recognising those moments. Yeah. You know? And for the longest time, I'm, like, pretty bad at that. But there's, you know, it's for, like, I'm lucky to have kind of people in my life that are like, oh, that's cool that you did that. And I'm like, oh, shit, I, thanks, I guess. I didn't even, I'm not, like, thinking that way. I think, like, I've kind of just had the blinders on to just be busy and keep doing just this do. thing that is really, really, like, interesting to me. And, um, yeah, like, I, I, I feel like, proud of everything I've been able to work on and very 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 grateful for like everybody that has trusted me to do something with their music or like play for them live and um yeah it's kind of crazy like talking out loud about it because I haven't even done this <laughs> yeah I know it's, it's thank a, you for no no not at all it's like that's I find that this is like a, an interesting space to just kind of like get these things out mm. there like I, 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 I would like to like hear about any particular milestone that has been like pertinent to you or one that like a specific one that you've been like oh that was pretty fucking cool actually <laughs> like for um, me for me like just as an example yeah, yeah, like for me one. um Nilo getting the nod for the choice music prize is a pretty great yeah, moment yeah. and then the following year Philip which we both worked on um, by Bobby Arlo getting a nod sick. for song of the year that was like a pretty great moment and like that was really fun. Um, yeah. and even like just certain things like I remember I, I checked in recently because uh, I I've worked with Shiv for over like spanning over a couple of years now, and um, the first song we did together was Golden, and she had a new song out recently, and I went onto her like Spotify page just to see what was like going on, and like Golden has over ten million streams now, and that's like yeah. that to me, I was just like, holy shit, wow, <laughs> you know. That was like a yeah, moment yeah. where I was just like, hadn't a clue that this was happening, but this is pretty even cooler fucking when like nice, you stumble like, upon it, like where yeah. you know, like that time was probably like mad, like work mode. And it was you, you probably like it was funny, like because um, that song I like I I remember like I co-produced that with Shiv. Full disclosure, I I, I definitely did do that, and I want to give credit there, um, because like the whole skeleton was there. Mm-hmm. I was just coloring in. So nice. I, I was yeah, just colouring inside sure. the lines. Um, but I was I like did that on a balcony in Greece on my holidays. Like I was just on myself <laughs> and I was like Oh man, like do you get that like when you put out like when a tune comes out, you it, like you can play that song and it just takes you back. Takes to, you right back, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's just crazy how lucky we are to, <coughs> to do this stuff, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I always think back to like my first like major um, like experience like in the session guitarist world. Yeah, and I was super lucky enough to be able to work with Anya Cahill for yeah. a while actually, and she's 
a legend of the game. Take a shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Giving them enough of a break, I think, at this point. Yeah. They've sobered up. It's time <laughs> to, you know. <laughs> Reel them back in. Um, but Anya Cal was just so, so sick. And, like, just was able to just see, like, a side of the industry that wasn't, that I didn't even know existed. Like, I knew it was there, but, like, to be in it and to, like, see and for to, like, be working alongside really cool record company and to go on shows like in the UK and Germany with some of my best friends and like, like we're taken care of so well on that show and it was just really really cool yeah <laughs> and like yeah it was the first show where you had like a tour manager and like you knew where you had to be and like you're getting picked up from the airport and stuff in another country where you didn't yeah, know anyone yeah, yeah. like it was just really really cool like getting put up I remember one time like we were working somewhere in like Kensington and like I think it was like my first day on the gig and or maybe not the first day but there was this time where I had to fly over basically and they put me up in a hotel and like I th- <laughs> like the, the, I think the record company paid for it and like it was so cool to me like oh shit I'm in a hotel room that like I had nothing to do with this like I'm just yeah. here ready to go to work the next day mm-hmm. it was just that was pretty bizarre that was the first like holy shit, like, this is, this could be, <laughs> I'm liking this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, mean? I could get used to it. Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, And, like, it, obviously, like, you've had quite a great success working with, like, lots of different artists as a session guitarist as well. So I have no doubt that those experiences started, like, happening sure, more and, and like, more and more. Even credit on you is, like, Jesus, like, a lot, man. On you is so sick, still is. And... Like, it it happened, like, it was pretty early on when I was in BIM, actually. And, like, I was bitten by the production bug, for sure. Yeah. But having to program Anya's tracks for live shows. Yeah. And it's like, just to cut across quickly, is that something that kind of happened by default, or did you have an interest in that as well? Like, I kind of knew how, like, Logic was working, like, to an okay standard at that point. And okay. I was like, oh, I think the show would be sick if we introduced, like, the elements from your tracks. Like, if we had your backing vocals coming in at certain points and, like, the strings arrangements that are just so cool on the record, like, bring them into the show. Like, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, everybody's doing it. <laughs> so getting sent the stems from the different producers, like, we're all incredible producers. And, like, seeing how just a track is made, like, the insides of it, I'd never mm. seen that before. Yeah, the breakdown thing was always something that was, like, a big, oh. a big love for me. Getting, and like, I think a big what... juicy list of stems, like, big so... 150, like, hitter of just fucking <laughs> nightmare fuel, like, but you go through every single file and you're like, oh, that's, like, the weirdest sound and I didn't even think that you could even put that in a song. And yeah. Like, it blends with this other thing down here and, like, even just seeing how they structure things, like where mm-hmm. they put like embellishments and like what they do for intros, like it helped me identify things in songs even more. Uh, that was another cool moment. <laughs> yeah. Doing all that stuff. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. What are you going to say? You're going to say something over there. No, I just, I think I was going to say that that was like for me being able to see inside mm-hmm. is great. Um, and I think that's why I like really enjoy the mixing process. Yeah. I love being able to like get that all like on a kind of a a basic level. And then you get like obviously your reference track or whatever. Like you say, you like you've sent me stuff to mix a million times, which is great because it's always so 
extremely well organized and it's just the easiest thing to like sift through. I think it's just because like I've I've felt the burn of like yeah just yeah. unorganized chaos like in that sense. And yeah, I was like whatever I can like that's the whole thing of like you know I always think it's really beneficial to just make everyone's life easy where you can. I think that's yeah that's definitely important because like we're all doing a million things. Um, so to be able to like hand something to someone where mm. it's like and like a even like a little thing on the email saying like this is this this is this I've done this I've done that whatever hopefully it's fine if you need anything else give me a shit yeah. and like yeah you were like a big proponent of that but what was great when I like I'd get stuff in it doesn't matter who it's coming from it's really nice just to be able to like see it all broken down into cool. like each yeah. bit and then you have this thing which is like an mp3 of ev- of everything <laughs> and I now have to make it sound like that but I have to make it sound better <laughs> yeah. you know so like it's like a nice yeah. I I've uh, like I've got a big p- kind of problem solving part of my head I think, mm. and I think that like if we're talking about mixed world, I find that that really scratches that itch for me. Cool, yeah. Um, having like worked in that, isn't field, it weird? Like know? kind of making something and you're like you're knowing in the back of your head that like oh this is gonna be mixed like this is fine, like do you know what I mean? Like you throw in like a questionable synth sound and you're like oh this will be fine it's gonna be mixed. <laughs> Now Adam's I know what you're doing. Figure this one out. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I know what you're doing to me. No, it, no, but like it, it, that is great, you know, um, because like it's a case of uh, as a production, you know, kind of production would be my main thing, and then mixing would be a very close second, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, even in like the writing process, when it's like the writing process, yeah. it's a case of like throwing it all down, seeing what works, take it away. Does it feel good without it? Mm. Oh, I'm not so sure. Put it back in. Okay, that feels better. What about this other element? If I take this yeah. other element away, how does that feel? Oh, that's actually okay. Maybe we could do without this bit. Maybe we could add this bit in later yeah, as yeah. like a push. You know, so like I everything, find, like, everything's like a totally mutually beneficial yeah, yeah, yeah. exercise. Yeah. I find because you're able to make more informed decisions yeah. in each different thing by learning from another process like mixing into production yes. or production to mixing songwriting into production you know possible with both yeah yeah so like exactly, having understanding yeah. like oh, if you record you know a vocal and it's like they're standing 15 feet away and it's supposed to be like a lead vocal it's probably like a mix isn't gonna help this like you kind of have to <laughs> unless that's the vibe like actually but like I think you know going in yeah though, it's right? just knowing the possibilities of like yeah. what can like what's the safety net of mixing and then what should you actually be trying to make the mix engineer's life easier by doing? Like if it takes an extra like 10 seconds to properly mic something, like go do it. Like, yeah. yeah. But also like that aside, I think, you know, we know going in what works and what doesn't. And like, I think it's important to kind of call out that if, how do I phrase this delicately? <laughs> um, I know what you're going to say. If. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, Adam. I'm going to just lay it out. Cancel like, yourself in, in like in very kind of like <laughs> brutal terms, but okay. like, and I and I don't like look. Nothing's objectively bad in this. Like nothing's bad. Nothing like ever because yeah, yeah. someone somewhere is probably gonna like it. Yeah, yeah. But a mix is never gonna fix something that's not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, if it's not yeah, if it's yeah, not yeah, right yeah. in the first place, yeah, yeah, there's there's no saving it. Yeah. Um, and it's important to like. As someone who is always detached from the, well, I say always detached from the mix, I do mix my own productions from time to time, and it's not something I'd necessarily recommend wholeheartedly. I think it's great to have an extra 
yeah. an extra set of ears on something yeah. and also to be able to focus on just one aspect because you can get really caught up in stuff. But I think, you know, we to, to practice that detachment mm-hmm. is really important and to be detached from it is great because I can then be confident when I say something. Whereas when you're really close to it, I find it a little bit more difficult. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And how, do you find that? Like, as I know, you've you've mixed a couple of your own things, and yeah, like, like how's that? How's that been? It's been, it's like, it's been really cool to be honest. Because like, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Like, I really loved like that the whole production thing, and I was like, if I'm hearing this a certain a certain way, and like I I wanted to sound this way, like what's stopping me just learning how to do it? Yeah. So like. <laughs> like um, you know just like watching Mix with the Masters like YouTube yeah fucking breakdowns or whatever of how people achieve a certain thing and just trying it and then having the confidence to be like I can do this like I think I, I think I back myself to do it if I fuck it up let's just get a mix someone else but I'd love to have a shot of it yeah and that's then, nice that like to be able to like back yourself like that is, is really good and then but also like I know there's again it's fucking sacrilege hear me saying this as someone who does like mixing as like a sole thing there's no like it for mixing it's all about the destination mm. it's not about the journey it's not about how you get there Ooh. if it feels good at the end i think it's like it, it, it doesn't matter because yeah that's the whole point right mm. you're like trying to get it to a place where it that's feels really good typically like that's when i back myself the most is when i, I get to it like i achieve like a feeling in a kind of like when I hear a song and like I finish the production and I'm like, I, I there's a feeling to this that I have that I don't have words to like convey to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I'm like, let me give it that extra like 20% that I know I can give it now yeah. from like spending the last like couple of years researching. <laughs> yeah. Like, but also like just, just, be, just being in it and just like, yeah. Not, yeah, you yeah. know, backing yourself. It's all, and like, Trust in your opinion. But there's always like the safety net is like they've already trusted you so far to like get the song produced. Yeah. And you know, there's a, f- I'm sure you can relate. There's like a thing you get to a song where you're like, this is done, but there's an extra thing I can do to this to yeah. add a bit of shine on top or a bit more like body or low end. That's it. That's exactly what like you're mirroring exactly my thoughts on like Junie the Bobby Arley latest Bobby Arley. Yeah, yeah. Single. I remember you saying that. I was like, I was like, yeah. this just like it's. I know it's done, yeah. but like, let me just give it. Let me get in there. Let me just like get it. Like, <laughs> let me pop the hood on. There's ten percent yeah, yeah. I knew I could give it, and I'm glad I like. You, in fairness, you both gave me the opportunity to do that. We were very open to it. So, um, yeah, it's like nice when those moments pay off and. Um, and there's like like there's the safety net of like oh if I fuck it up let's just get a mix elsewhere yeah, like, it's exactly. not like you're killing anyone like, no, no 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 it's like we're all look we're all creatives we're all just trying to put yeah. our own stamp on things we're all trying to help each other achieve yeah. what we want to achieve and I know what you mean though there's definitely a feeling like that I've had before though in the past where I'm like oh, if I don't I don't think I'll put my hand up for this because I think I'm a bit I'm not there yet to do this mm-hmm and it's it takes a lot and I think it takes like someone who has a good head on their shoulders to be able to say when and when they can't yeah. add value mm. Um, and I've become better at that over the years I think and being able to say like I love this 
but I know there's a better person for this. Mm. Or just kind of like just knowing, just knowing when to kind of put your, like you say, put your hand up and say, yeah, not for me this time, but like maybe give it like, you know, yeah, give it if it was like 12 months down the line, maybe. Mm, yeah. Um, I think like sometimes like you'll get sent a tune and like the tune's not like there yet, but you can hear it kind of how it could be a certain way. And sometimes I'm like, let me just try it in this way and mm-hmm. like see if it works. If it works, let's bomb ahead and get this tune wrapped up. Like, yeah. But I see what you mean about, yeah, it's an interesting point. Like, what can I add to this? And yeah, like if there's genuinely like, oh, this is, <laughs> there's nothing I can do here. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? If it's just already done or whatever, like, you know, and maybe that's what people are trying to like do when they approach you in that situation because they're like, Let's get a producer's ear on it and see what they think. Is it yeah. done or is there something missing here? Mm-hmm. And it's nice to be those people, I think. Like, you know, uh, it's nice. Imagine to like the class feeling you get, like bringing a song to a <laughs> producer. Like, and they're like, this is already done. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing I can do here. It's done. Yeah. And yeah. that's like, that's a great feeling. Personally, for me to be able to like go back and say that to somebody. Absolutely. Because it's like, you know, yeah, you like, yeah. You, you've got it, you know. I had a it, session with, um, with, Essie Ray on the other day. Yeah. And I forget what time. It's grand. Like this, this won't um, be out for a while. So, <laughs> okay, cool, cool, yeah, cool. We're in the past anyway, past tense. <laughs> I had a session recently hmm. with Essie Ray and like she's incredible. And she was saying, like, she sent me this song and I was like, this is amazing, right? This is sick. And like she brought it down and she was so unsure of like if this was kind of done or not. And, like, there's a couple of things we were able to add and, like, re-record vocals and stuff, of course. But the majority of, like, the stems that we used in that song are, like... From the demo. From her. And she was like, I don't think it's... I don't think it's kind of there yet, I think. But you just add a few, you know, add some shine onto some things and take out the mud and some things. And it's, like... Then it's, like... She could see, like, oh, yeah, class. Like, what I did is actually really good. And it's, like... You know, it was so cool to, like... Be to someone, everything you've just brought in here to get redone is absolutely bang on. Like, do you mm. know what I mean, I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, it's a great, it, it is, it is a good feeling to be able to like feed that back. Yeah. Um, it's equally as good when, you know. Made my life easier. Yeah, well, there's, yeah, <laughs> of course, but there's like that element, like, Which I, I, I want to know when, like, is it more satisfying then or is it more satisfying for you to like hear something and then make it into this thing that you hear while you're listening to the original version. Ooh. And then for that to be finished, and it's like that idea is then realized. Yeah. What do you find more satisfying personally for you? Um, there's, I, like, I definitely get a lot of satisfaction like getting in the weeds and like making a unique thing, like a unique sound. Yeah. It's not like, so sometimes I'll work with someone and they've brought in like a splice sample, which is, bang on class do you know what I mean mm. everyone out here is using Splice Yeah, it's amazing but if you're using like one of those song starter things where it's like just a, like an 8 bar 16 bar loop of like some specific chord pattern yeah, I'd kind of tend to advise to stray away from using that unless it's like quintessentially the song Yeah, because you know that feeling like like it'd be awful like to have that <coughs> <clears throat> and then you just hear that in another song that's like integral to your song. Yeah. You hear it somewhere else in something else. And it has happened. 
I have definitely heard that because uh, there's like a guy I would have listened to in the past who's like a, a bit of an R&B rap guy like in that kind of like Justin Bieber weekend world yeah. um, called Johnny Yukon and he had a song that had that was quite literally a verbatim splice sample but he made the beat around it right, himself okay. um, yeah. but like the main crux of it was that and I remember hearing the sample and splice and I was like kind of a li- like, yeah it's happened before yeah you I was find like, the uh, sample and you're like oh what I don't know how, I was like I don't know how I like I can't describe how I felt about it the thing, I, well, I the didn't thing s- that I always think about is like I always am conscious of just a listener like a non-music yeah. listener and like they will never give a shit <laughs> No, that's right. Yeah, like, they won't. Yeah, as long like, as they like what they're any, hearing. Yeah, they're like anything being used anywhere else. Uh, but personal to me, I do like getting in there and like recreating that in like yeah. a unique way. Where like the, the originality of it. Yeah, yeah, I like the spur of the moment stuff, and um, but I also really appreciate just good sounds being sent, and if they're if they're if they're clicking, they're clicking. I'm not gonna get in and change things for the sake of changing it yeah it's just a waste of everyone's time like if yeah i like it, it, it's i think production is a great prac is a great way to practice getting out of the way yeah um and like it's exactly what i had to learn like doing the session musician thing like <laughs> like you know you'd be just overplaying and then everyone's like oh that's like too much like chill do you know what i mean yeah. stop just throwing distortion on when there's no need for it yeah thing. yeah and having to like learn to manage what is actually being asked of me to do here. Yeah. Uh, that has been very helpful <laughs> in what production has, world. <laughs> what has been like the biggest asset in both crossovers? What's been the biggest like kind of thing you've Ooh. taken away from both? So like from w- things you've taken from the session world into production and things you've taken yeah. from production back into your live performances. I think uh, it's that like common thing about being being a session musician is like 90% of your time will just be around people. Yeah. You're not, you're on stage for like half an hour, mm-hmm. 45 minutes tops <laughs> or whatever, like an hour tops. So the amount of time you spend with people and learning how to just be just like <laughs> a normal person, <laughs> being just like, you know, like down to earth and have a chat and like understanding when it's the time and place when someone's having a bad day or if someone you're playing with is like, you know, want to take a break just being able to identify that in the room like you're not like consciously doing it like that'd yeah. be weird but like just having a good understanding of um just reading like the situation in like in a creative environment yeah like in rehearsal rooms uh we've all spent a lot of time in rehearsal rooms but like that time has helped identify how to uh how to structure like a session kind of thing okay um, that was a big help just being able to understand like when you're you know not given enough of a time to a break or to you know maybe you're overdoing something or underdoing something being able to just feel that in your in your yeah. head and just being able to kind of identify and fix it in the moment yeah. yeah and then also like I guess um, just sounds like being able to kind of recreate a sound like a guitar sound or like maybe a synth sound or a bass sound. Um, that's been a help. And, ju- and ju- that's been a help. And like just being hands-on with like the kind of like instrumental side of it. Yeah. And like being able to, um, 
I guess like improvise along with someone and just yeah. like how that works and like yeah I, I think I guess like just actually playing the instrument would sound <laughs> sounds pretty on the nose like no but like but I mean maybe those few things I guess I, I, spending enough time around like different instrumentalists is going to be able to inform yeah. decisions on how to yeah. be able to do that practically for sure um, so yeah I think that's completely valid <laughs> Um, also just before we wrap up um, something that I found difficult and I like we've spoken about this at length off mic and a million and one times but like how do you find how do you find the balance of like the life balance and by that I don't just mean being able to like take time for yourself but I also mean being able to like enjoy music how Mm. do you find how do you find the navigation through that world because sometimes I find I can be like I like it's very rare I find something that I enjoy to listen to now because yeah. I'm listening to so much music yeah. that I can't help but listen to every fucking stem and every song yeah, 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 that yeah. I listen to on Spotify and it kind of I won't say it ruins my experience but it makes listening to things a lot more uh, a lot more of uh, like you're active an like, active yeah, yeah, yeah an active kind of um, active listening I listen yeah and I just wonder how like first of all I would love to know how you like balance kind of everything every day in terms of like get, allotting yourself time for like what is outside of the music world but also in terms of how you find joy in listening to something and like where do you take how do you switch off ooh <laughs> anyone who knows me like and is listening to this is like uh <laughs> putting their seatbelts on like I'm, <laughs> I'm the worst uh, I'm pretty bad but I'm getting better I, yeah. I can I've made I've been making like conscious moves to like not be so absorbed into work yeah because it's funny like um like I'm sure you can relate and like everyone you've had in this podcast is like doing their dream job yeah do you know what I mean and when you like, lo- when you love it so much it's hard not to want to do it it's crazy to time, like, yeah. like tell someone that is doing it doesn't feel like work to just stop working it's like it's sometimes like I remember saying this ages ago like it felt like when you're playing PlayStation or Xbox back in the day and you're mm-hmm. mad come in and just take the controller off you and turn off the TV like telling you to stop working and it's like oh, I'm just so into this like let me mm-hmm. work <laughs> but um yeah I've been I've been trying to make like conscious moves to be better at managing social life and work to much to the props of my manager Colin absolute legend of the game take a shot <laughs> he is like been so great in being like you've done way too much this week like take take next week just off I'm not I'm not booking anything for you yeah, next yeah, week yeah. or like telling everyone you're on a holiday <laughs> do you know what I mean mm. he's been really really good with that stuff um, and also my girlfriend Jess she's been great with like you know like we're going to do this Saturday Let's, you're not working Saturday let's yeah. do that Um, so having people in my life has been very very helpful I'm not sure if I'd be coming to the same conclusions now like if you asked me a year ago like I'd be just like no nah, work 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 and I think lockdown particularly was like a instigator of that mindset because well, what else do we have to do like yeah know? and also like the kind of I don't know like, if you I'm sure you can relate is like like when lockdown happened it was like I had a bunch of shows booked had all these things that were supposed to happen and then like thing like someone just turned the lights off and it was like oh so the fear of like not working is kind of embedded in me now yeah. <laughs> like the kind of sudden loss uh, so 
yeah, it's just unlearning some bad habits, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I say, I'm trying to like make time to see my friends. Like I remember my, my best friend's guy was like, I haven't seen you in like months. Where have you been? It's like, oh, I've just been hunched over looking at logic. <laughs> I find, Every I, like, day, I'm shaking really. I have to say, like, there, like, I would consider myself half decent at managing my time and managing like all of that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I will do, I will turn up at like a friend event and I will just bounce. be like, <laughs> no, not even that. I will be like, I haven't fucking seen any of you. Oh man, yeah, in like a Jesus month. Christ. But like my, again, my Crazy. Cl- closest pals in the world. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And they wouldn't, yeah. ho- they never hold it against me. But it's just like it's a nice reality check, I think, because, like, while the stuff we're doing is important, there are a lot of other important things out there as well. Yes. Um, and I think it is important. Like one thing I, I, I would like to not reinforce is like the grind set. Grind set's crazy. Because like, like I'm even listening to myself being like, I sound like fucking that prick. No, 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 but you don't. No, you don't. You don't at all. That's the thing. And like, no hate to Gary V. Like, (laughs) it's just for for me. Like, I did it. I and I did it, and it fucking burned me out, and it set me back. And I don't want like it's so important to not fucking over egg the pudding. Like, it it, to to me, like I did. uh, Look, full disclosure. (laughs) Over egg. But, sorry <laughs> wow that, that got me if that's one you yeah, haven't yeah. heard before yeah that's a, that's a Neil, that's a Nilo classic that I got I got from him so um, shout out uh, <laughs> um, yeah so like for me full disclosure like I worked a 9 to 5 job um, I, I was working a 9 to 5 job for um, over 8 years and there was a time where I was working that job 5 days a week um, but I would work from nine in the morning till five in the evening I would walk from work to the studio so I would start studio work then at six mm-hmm. and I'd work from six till eleven or midnight yeah and I'd do that four out of the five days during the week and I'd also work weekends fucking stupid right it's so it, crazy I'm like I'm like relating to this and like it's it, like I, I it's I know what you're saying that it's like an unhealthy thing like yeah but it's crazy that like that's kind of almost what you have to do to like it. it, it I yeah, I I know what you mean, and like you can I never think, like. There's always go, like, I think my brother told me this. Like, there's always going to be someone better than you, but if you can outwork them, that's going to beat them every time. Like, yeah. there's you know, like a lot of people will just go home after five and go to bed. Yeah, but the fact that you persevered and kind of felt the burn of burnout. Not advocating burnout. <laughs> no, it fucking sucks. No Anyone way, who's Jose. listening to this who's like doing that, please give yourself a day off. Go like, outside, man. Feel the grass. Uh, <laughs> it's summertime. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> not advocating burnout, but like everyone's going to feel, do you know what I mean? Everyone's going to feel it. And like yeah. being aware of what it is and how it can set you back and taking active measures to not let that happen again. Yeah, it's exactly. And it's just like me trying to like, I'm not saying... Don't work hard. That I I don't want to. Sure, yeah, I don't yeah. want to say don't work hard because I think you do have to work hard, but I just think there is such thing as too much. There's working hard and then there's just going crazy. There's working like, hard and just punishing then there's yourself. There's just going David Goggins on everything, <laughs> and you're like, oh, there's. <laughs> I mean, no one's at working David Goggins like he's achieved it. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it it can be a tough life, but it's it, I think it's very gratifying when you get to where yes, sir. you feel like 
where you feel like it's working for you and sure. I think it is working for you Alex O'Keefe so <laughs> thanks, um, man. yeah man thanks very much for coming in I My really pleasure. really appreciate you taking the really, time this this is a milestone this is like we're gonna listen to this whenever it comes out and be like that was cool that we did that hell yeah so thanks for, for having me on it's like, been a pleasure not at all like I said I think it's totally time. I think it's totally totally overdue I am gonna put all your links in the description below but where can people find you ooh uh, Instagram, I guess, is my main point of contact right now. It's aok.golf. .golf. Um, I'm trying to go hard on the PGA Tour in 2020. No, that's not true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like Instagram, Twitter, um, there's a website on there, aokproducer.com, I believe. Lovely. So yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been a blast. It's been my pleasure, Alex. Thank you very, very much. Legend of the game. That's Alex. I, I mean, really kind of left it all, <laughs> left it all out there um, in that chat. So, yeah, I just I have so much to thank him for. Um, it's been it was a pleasure getting to talk to him. It's always a pleasure working with him. A, a consummate professional, to say the least. Um, you know, he's he's just absolutely fantastic. So, if you want to find Alex on Instagram, you can find him at aok.golf. Um, he is a golf fan. Anyone who knows him. You know, <laughs> he is uh, he's big on that. He's got me to the driving range as well, which is no mean feat as a incredibly <laughs> sports allergic person. Um, but you can find him on Instagram there. You can find him on his website as well, www.aokproducer.com. Um, highly recommend you go and check him out. I'm going to have a load of links in the show notes that you can you can have a listen to his work. And yeah, that's it for this before the encore it's been it's been great getting back into it revisiting these these chats um very excited to keep it going like i said last monday of every month so this has been the october edition you will have one in november and you will have one in december coming up to christmas time so yeah very very excited to just keep these coming and thanks for sticking with me thanks for your patience for the people who've been listening over time um and you know it's really nice to be back. I'm very, very happy about this series. I love it so much and I feel very strongly about it. And I think my infrequency to be putting these episodes out has kind of not been exactly echoing that sentiment. So look, we're back. Glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here. But for now, I'm going to park it there. Um, check out Alex O'Keefe. Check him out everywhere. Um, that Melina Malone album is streaming now. That's a little shameless plug for both myself and himself. The album's called Aphrodite. You'll find some of my productions on there. You'll find some of Alex's productions on there. Um, absolutely amazing stuff. Check out Bobby Arlo. A lot of our stuff has been co-productions there too. So yeah, absolutely check it all out. Like I said, show notes for links to Alex's bits and his website. But for now, I've been Sonic Architect Adam Shanahan. This has been Before the Encore. There will be an encore and I'll be back at the end of November. Thanks for listening. Take care.